0: It's that time again, folks, for the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 25th of January 2017, Liverpool have just been knocked out of the League Cup by Southampton indeed the Saints are going back to Wembley and uh, it's bad news for Jürgen Klopp's side the good news Coutinho's just signed a five-year deal does that put him off going to Barcelona or does it just mean they're going to get more money for him in the summer Um, welcoming back our panel for this week it's the Iceman yeah hi Pete how you doing good thank you sir and also joining us once again very lucky to have him back on the pod becoming a bit more of an ever-present it's Tom Campbell
1: Hi, Pete. Hi, Jim. You right. Yeah. Hey, welcome back, mate.
0: Good to have you back again, Tom. How have the, uh, how have the week's been passing you by on FPL since you last joined us?
1: Um, I'm trying to think when I last spoke to you guys, but um, it's probably just a case of treading water since uh, I was last on, actually. I've just, just been kind of going just a, a bit above the average and hovering around the 250, 200k mark, so not really doing very well. Um, sticking with it, I've still got the advantage of having chips still to play and uh, quite a few weeks left but uh, not making great progress so it's been a bit frustrating over the last few weeks but not terrible making a
0: little bit of progress then so it's sort of floating around the 200k mark well let's see yeah. if that's discussions tonight can help you uh, move on up I will certainly be looking forward to your, your usual advice Tom let's start with a review of the game week then first of all Iceman I'm going to come to you
2: Uh, Yeah, I did pretty well. Again, this week got 62 overall. Actually moved up to 25k overall now. I had a few decisions to make this week in terms of captaincy. I did go for Sanchez in the end. He got that lucky penalty at the end, which we both watched together. Had uh, had uh, Rodriguez get me um, a goal this week and a clean sheet, Notch and an eight and I risked this three at the back with Macaulay, Baines and Alonso because Baines was, he had a rib injury so I was a little bit worried about that and whether I needed to whip out Francis to mm-hmm getting someone new but I risked it and he played so they all got me clean sheets that's where my points came from really, uh, had Kane as well with an assist uh, not too bad this week, gone up as I said
0: Decent, so not a bad score for you then, well I, I got something very close to you I got 66 points Paulie again coming in good for me, I doubled up at the back on West Brom I thought they were a good bet for a cleanie this week and uh, Foster got me 7 Alonso keeps chipping in with those clean sheets or goals or just something every week it seems from him it really is a joy and i was on the lucky managers that held off his captaincy until sanchez um and he went from i think scoring about four points to in the last minute being boosted right up to a 16 point captaincy so we were both pretty happy when that happened on the day
2: yeah it was good it was nice that arsenal one as well yes
0: absolutely uh tom how'd you get on
2: Yeah, really similar, actually. I got um,
1: 59 this week, I think that sounds from what you guys have just described there. Uh, The only difference was that I kept Captain Hazard over Sanchez, so Mm, I missed out on those additional points there. But um, yeah, pretty similar. I benefited from West Brom's clean sheet. Phil Jones picking up a couple of bonus points unexpectedly, I guess. I I, saw that
0: yeah. Oh sorry no, that was me. I I was just about to comment on that. I wasn't expecting anything from Phil Jones and suddenly just two extras popped up mm. and united.
1: Yeah, yeah, li- yeah, likewise. My transfer was uh, one of my transfers was to bring in Yoshida to finally let the useless and Matt sort of depart. So um he picked up a clean sheet as well and the the big news in my team was that I t- I transferred out uh, Lorente then watched in kind of horror as he scored twice at Anfield but I happily I brought in Andy Carroll who then Kind of matched him with a his own brace um, nice. uh, yeah. against Middlesbrough, so it went from kind of despair to uh, sort of euphoria throughout the course of the afternoon. It's, yeah, it's all I, thing that, that FPL can do to you.
2: I think you've chosen the better one there. With uh, Llorente, like I think he has got two shots on goal, so uh, I don't think it's sustainable for the rest of this season. Whereas Carroll's just on, he looks on fire at the moment. He's the yeah, I, I, I agree.
1: Um, hopefully most people will know from pre- previous shows that I'm a West Ham fan so it's, I, I do like having a, a player from my team as well if I can we haven't really had the chance to do that this season other than maybe Antonio I guess but as, if Andy Carroll's fit he, he is always viable for me I don't mind him playing against tough opposition because he's he's got that aerial threat and he can score from a set player at any given time so I'm happy to, for him to stay as as long as that magical thing of him just staying fit, which already is in doubt. He got taken off with a, a slight groin problem against Borough, but from reading what he said afterwards, I think he'll be fit for the next game. Touchwood, yeah, I think but yeah, not be. not bad, not bad. Pete, I got um, 59 points this week.
0: A decent return, so well above average. so and um, keeping him in that position was that a red arrow or a green arrow?
1: Green, yeah, just it would be green relative to that that sort. Of level i guess you guys are finding it much harder to move up with the, that kind of score but yeah slow progress at the moment
0: well let's have a look at the uh the top 10 in the mini league There's a little bit of uh, chopping and changing but similar names actually there in 10th place pelvic thrust 11 are still holding on in there they dropped down this week in uh, ninth we've got the rk mavericks kunal roran in ninth the head of irash reddy Eighth place, IU for Real. Mohamed Ismail, again, up into eighth place. OK, with Yossi G down to seventh now. Banana nose, Maldonado. I'm sure I've never <laughs> said that before. I would remember that. So Matthew Greger, <laughs> great name um, in sixth place. I think that could be a new entry. or some, and I, I don't think they've jumped up this week because they only scored 50, so I'm confident that's a new entry. Biggles wingmen. Decent score, 72, up into fifth with Patrick Houghton. The Mysterious Duke turned it on this week with 81 points. Big score. Back up into fourth place for Douglas Munro is a comeback on for him. No-name boys, Roger Cabral. Very creative, Roger, uh, in their third place. Antti Calante United, Andreas can Very, very consistent this season um, into second. And the special one, Dimitar Todorov, holding off everyone still for another game week
2: with 58 points. Yeah, he's he is doing those well. very consistent, and he's still got three Liverpool in his midfield. Obviously, yeah. he benefited this week with Firmino, but uh, he's got Lallana and Coutinho in there, which you know scored him a total of three. But yeah, he seems to be doubling up on quite a few teams with Chelsea and West Brom. So yeah, he's doing well. Well, I'm actually going to go back to uh,
0: an old feature on here, and I'm just going to shout a few decent names because a few new people that have popped up for me recently. So permit me three, Iceman. Three names I want to shout out. Uh, In 44th place, uh, Giroud Sandstorm. Jim Holmes, that is a play on the old dance track, Daroud, Sandstorm, very strong. Chronicle of Ruddock in 45th. Uh, Stefan, I can't pronounce your second name, Hogsrud?
2: Haw- Hogsred, Jones, yeah. I probably got that completely wrong yeah he was in the uh, cuff i got it totally wrong as well <laughs> brilliant. okay
0: and uh, the final one which uh, probably sums it up is captain hindsight in 51st place shane mayer nice uh, very true to form
2: nice name so there's also a shout out to fabian ashen jr who's got ruckus muck him up uh, who's currently leading january at the top at the moment so well done to him
0: Certainly a non-aggressive uh, man, by the sounds
2: of it. <laughs> R- right, OK, let's,
0: uh, let's stop stewing on the, uh, the mini-league. Uh, Iceman, do you want to say anything about the potential upcoming double game weeks?
2: Yeah, with um, Southampton winning tonight, that means the Southampton-Arsenal game for game week 26 is definitely off now. It looks to be the Man United-Man City game that's off that week as well, because Man United are leading Hull 2-0. I believe they play tomorrow, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So it's looking at... There's another blank game week coming up in game week 28. There are only four teams actually going to be playing both games, definitely. And that's West Ham, Swansea, Everton and... Bournemouth. I don't know if tonight's game has changed that at all, but if you're looking at transfers, you kind of be looking at maybe some of these teams. Uh, for example, Swansea's got some good fixtures at the moment, Everton as well, Bournemouth not so much, but you might want to hang on to like if you've got one of those players. I'm looking at a few West Ham players coming up, and also the double game weeks look to be the same as last year in uh, I think it's game week 32 and 37. I'm not 100% on that but we can confirm that probably next week but after this weekend's FA Cup games we're going to know more about the blank game weeks in game week 28 because at the moment it's uh, all ums and ahs of who's going to blank that week but we're almost certain who's going to blank game week 26 so if you've got the likes of Sanchez, Ibrahimovic, uh, Aguero, all players from Arsenal, Man United and Man City and yeah I've got Jay Rodriguez from Southampton who I here got injured tonight so yeah look at maybe willing to put those players on the bench or subbing them out now because it'll be hard to keep keep over with uh, Zlatan and Sanchez in one week because they've both got expensive players.
1: I think just on that Ben Crellin's the guy to follow on Twitter if you want updates. he's the he's the sort of uh, commander-in-chief when it comes to blank and double game weeks I think Jim's given a good run down there but he's uh, he's on the front foot with that to give him a look up. yeah he's
2: definitely got a great little spreadsheet which Mm -hmm. I literally just had a look at just before the pod and it just gives you everything you need to know on there if we if you can't get it from what I just said uh just quickly jump onto at Ben Quillen on Twitter he he's the man to follow yeah excellent great
0: insight into the uh into the double game weeks so i will certainly be uh keeping my wild card potentially for that this year
2: yeah yeah so would i
0: okay well let's get down to business then we've got 10 fixtures now beware this week you've got an fa cup weekend so the games are going to be on tuesday the 31st of january and then wednesday the 1st of february Seven 45 kickoffs apart from liverpool versus chelsea on the tuesday uh, one seven forty-five kickoff on the Wednesday and two eight o'clock kickoffs, which we'll go through in just a moment. I'm going to start from the top down on our list of fixtures. Um, Tom, as our resident guest this week, uh, we've got Arsenal versus Watford. Let's kick off with who you like in this one.
1: Oh, cool. Um, okay, so just looking at this, I think quietly Watford, I think, have found themselves in quite a bit of trouble. They've actually got the second worst form in the league, behind Crystal Palace. If you look over the last um, six games, and that's no wins in that period, and three defeats. It doesn't really get much better when you look over a longer period, over 10 games. They've only won once. So I was sort of looking through their squad, and historically on this pod, we've mentioned Holly Bass, and I've had him in my squad at various points this season. He's now suspended. Um, He'll miss a game during the FA Cup this weekend, but he will then... He wouldn't be able to play play against Arsenal anyway. So I think my gut feel there is a void for Watford. I didn't find anybody that I particularly liked from their squad. I'm pretty sure that you guys will both have strong views on Arsenal. So I'll be quite quite quick with my thoughts here. Yeah. <laughs> I just think Alexis Sanchez is, is pretty much a, a must-have player in FPL at the moment. And that's even with him playing in a slightly more withdrawn position on the left-hand side since Giroud's come back into form and in favour. He's the joint scorer in the Premier League at the minute with 15 goals. He's third in assists with eight. He's second on shots on target, uh, third on shots overall. And he's got 162 points alone himself this year, uh, this season rather. So at 11.9, he's really expensive. But in my view, he is somebody you should have in your squad and This game, he'd be a top captain choice, I reckon. The other two that I wanted to mention were Bellerin's now back. So he's 6.5. So that's more than I like paying for a defender. But I think it's Jim who's made the point on previous shows that he's actually, in effect, sort of a winger masquerading as a defender, I guess. And you actually get the benefit of the clean sheet points. So money well spent there. And he'd also have no. Hollybass on the left because of that aforementioned suspension to oh, have yeah, to track back. Yeah, so, so I think he's even he's more, more attractive, rookie. this one. Yeah, The only other one I did want to mention is I really like Iwobi. I think he's he's found his way into that team quite impressively. It's hard to get in that Arsenal midfield. And he does seem to be liked by Wenger and the fans and what have you. But just looking at it, he's only played 90 minutes once. Since yeah, game week fifteen, which is when he,
2: for playing time.
1: Yeah. yeah, when he came into the side, which was Game Week fifteen, he's only played ninety minutes once since then. So he's playing, but he's not getting the full game time to maximize his points. So he's an option at five point nine, but possibly you just have to kind of accept that you're unlikely to get that that full game
0: out of him Tom I think it's that's, um, that's a really good point about YB. he represents great value I think he's someone that Wenger is committed to developing so I think it's a nice shout at a cheaper price the only the other thing I would caution in terms of adding to your argument around the amount of minutes is the return of Danny Welbeck again only oh, that's came up yeah. over the weekend but once for me with Wenger once Giroud is playing well he's pretty much cemented up front until he mm. gets uh, injured
1: how good uh, is it to see Welbeck back though I it just, would be, be great, great. And, and, fab and isn't think, it
0: yeah, and he, he he does make a difference. He's such a workhorse. I mean, him and Sanchez playing against it, you know, any defense would be an absolute nightmare, wouldn't it? Chasing, mm. them, knowing they'll be snapping at your heels all the time. So the yeah. one called and with that, I'm, I'm really interested in to see what happens with Welbeck over the next few weeks because he has he has scored sort of points in FPL in the past. For yeah, a season.
1: So, oh, I'm a, a big fan. I like Welbeck a lot, I'm and chuffed for him that he's back playing with quite a lot of the season left as well. He yes. could still really contribute so yeah it's a good shout actually he seems yeah. like it's another sort of nail in the coffin for Oxlade-Chamberlain though isn't it He yeah. just sort of further and further down the packing I'll, order
2: I would love to see like a Woolcott, Wilbeck and Sanchez front three that would be mm. that would be the day That was just pace such absolutely. pace absolutely
0: and, and actually one thing you could argue because Wenger has played a Iwobi at number 10 before so actually can you imagine those four coming yeah. against you yeah. with that yeah, kind true. of pace that would yeah. be a, a great lineup I mean just to add to before to you Jim um, the one player I want to mention I've talked about him a few times on the pod is Godran Mustafi obviously um, getting the goal over the weekend only 5.8 million but I, I thought this may happen he's come back into the Arsenal defence having kept a clean sheet but having said that just that I just feel the team looks so much more solid with him there mm-hmm. uh, obviously Watford at home you'd fancy him to pick up a cleanie he's away at Chelsea next so anything could happen there but then he's got Hull afterwards and then Saints away so I think you know, potentially three clean sheets in the next four for Arsenal with him back and a more solid back four. Mm-hmm. Iceman, do you want to add anything to the discussion of
2: Uh, Yeah, just just kind of echoing what Tom just said about Sanchez as well. His stats are still off the chart. He's he's actually playing further forward than Giroud on the heat map and he hit eight attempts on goal in the last game, which was top for the game week. But um, Giroud has interfered in his points because he was on uh, a lot more points before and you were expecting like one or two goals. Now you're kind of just hoping for one. I mean, I still, I want Arsenal to play him up top and I, I just hope that Wenger can see that he better up top and we are I think we're a much better team we're playing against teams of like Watford I think we're going to benefit not that I don't like Giroud I just think he's a great plan B um, yeah. And he wasn't involved in the points in the last game, but I, I'm sure he will be if he starts. So if you've got him, obviously hang on to him. Although, so looking at the heat maps, Ozil and Alexis were both further forward, so that also boosts Ozil, who a lot of people keep forgetting about, and he does seem to yeah. draft up with a couple of points here and there. But yeah, a great shout, Ramsey. Could be in people's thinking now. Uh, With Xhaka now out, because he's the red card man by the looks of it, which I thought was a bit harsh in a way, the actual sending Mm, off. I thought it was a
1: red. I I think he's trouble. I think... he so many he, red cards. This, in his it, career. Really.
2: I never really. He never. He's not malicious or anything. But mm. that's that's kind of a. That's he's a, got a
1: bit of a rap sheet now, though, hasn't he? His, his reputation's yeah. going to go before
2: him now. Yeah, I think Wenger just needs to calm him down in a certain way. But that's that's kind of a different chat. That's not really FPL chat. That's more football. But that now opens up Wait. Ramsey to for to hold on to that position. Sorry, Pete, carry on.
0: I was just saying we're turning into kind of Arsenal fans chatting about what we want to happen at the club. But no, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree with your sentiment around uh, Ramsey. I think potentially, you know, he'll get forward as well. He'll make those runs. beyond yeah. I guess so. Because uh,
2: we, we've got Coquelin as well who's who's going to come in. We've only got those two that are going to play in that position. I think Coquelin is going to be the one that's going to be defensive and then uh, Ramsey's going to be the one that gets forward. So I think we have now named available. everyone in their squad. To, <laughs> I, for my summary, I'm,
0: I'm just writing down the name. Just, just, I
2: just want to finish up on Ramsey, just proving <laughs> that he did get seven touches in the penalty box and he got four attempts on goal with three in the box. So. Mm-hmm just to let you know like, I, I think he's still quite a good option and his price is 7.6
1: you have kazoola back before you know it and uh, <laughs> someone else to think about
0: One, well, one thing I'm just going to say we're not going to suggest that um, is an <laughs> at this point uh, the American international M- but, M- uh, um,
2: Maitland-Niles Maitland-Niles
0: Maitland-Niles let's stop talking about Arsenal now <laughs> um, right okay so Arsenal versus Watford that is well and truly covered Uh, I'll come back to our main picks uh, that I heard from that when I summarise at the end. Moving on to Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace. Now, Iceman, you can start this, but you cannot begin with the name Jack Wiltshire because they're (laughs) just continuing the theme of the Arsenal midfield. You can also not shout Benekafobe because Arsenal sold him uh, previously. So, Bournemouth (laughs) versus Palace. Who do you fancy in this fixture?
2: Well, um, Palace have only got one point in their last five. I did think they played uh, better against Everton. Uh, playing with three at the back now so uh, they just always seem to concede a goal and they always seem to concede at the end of each half i had a quick research on it they concede in like the 43rd minute or like the 80th plus uh, i think that shows that they're just not fit enough but i do believe sam will probably get them fitter and after wa- watching part of the game i think that he could get them going but just at the back I think he's going to make them more secure just going forward I can't see that many options although Zaha should be coming back because the Ivory Coast have just been eliminated but I did look at Scott Dan uh, with his past Premier League experience he he loves to score goals he got quite a few last season I think it was 6 or 7 I've not got the stat in front of me but he got 3 attempts inside the box this game week and I think the goals are probably coming for him the only thing is Crystal Palace got two goals in their last six games so not brilliant for them. So maybe looking at a clean sheet for Bournemouth in this game. Francis is now back and I can see them probably keeping a clean sheet. They they're they're six points off relegation though. Their fixtures aren't easy coming up. So if if you've got a Bournemouth player I would hang on to him but maybe not to invest in them. Yeah, I think I certainly wouldn't be jumping
0: to pick from at this point. What
1: about you Tom? I'm going to slightly disagree. I think the uh, the fact that they're playing Palace is good for their defensive uh, sort of prospects because Palace haven't exactly been free scoring under Allardyce. But if you look at it, Bournemouth they've won 1 in 6 and they've actually shipped during that period 14 goals and only Swansea have done worse than them in that period. So mm. Sort of quietly, they're leaking quite a few goals. I think when you look at their attacking returns, it's all kind of middle of the road. I think they were like between 10th and 12th for goals, shots, assists, all that kind of stuff. So I actually think that if Allardyce goes for it, I think he could actually get his first win in the Premier League for Palace this weekend. It's not definite because, as um, Jim alluded to, they haven't really got that many well-performing attacking players. Other than Wilf Sahar, and if he if he's back, and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be, that'd be a great addition for them, wouldn't it? I think it would be. I think they're crying out for him. Mm. They have signed Jeff Schlupp as well, um, and I think he gives another sort of option down the left, attacking wise. So he I might think be a,
2: injured though.
1: Just to, uh, he's four point eight mil. I'm not sure of his fitness, and they're linked he's with as well. As well, yeah. I think he's. I'm not quite sure on the fitness side of it. If he's vi- if he's fit, then he's possibly an option I think on that Everton performance I've got a friend who's a uh, season ticket holder there at Selhurst Park and said that back in Jim's point up said they were much improved actually Everton deserved to win because Hennessy had a bit of a masterclass really in goal um, but they did seem to be playing a bit better so I'm going to say that I think I favour Palace slightly in this one and just quietly Bournemouth are in a touch of trouble I think there's three worse teams than them for sure um so i don't see them in, in, going down but they've not got a whole lot to play for and it's getting to that stage of the season when that becomes a factor in fpl and if players have sort of on their holidays already then you need to start thinking about not playing their players
0: Yeah, I think um, yeah, I hear where you're coming from there, Tom. Absolutely, I really like your shout by about Jeffrey Schlup as well. I think actually, if Sam sorts out the uh, the back four and Schlup plays in midfield, we could have another Alonso situation where he could pick up attacking and defensive returns. Just Mm -hmm. the other thing that excites me about Crystal Palace, although I was gutted that they blanked at the weekend, is the return to the starting lineup of Loic Remy, who. Absolute dynamite FPL recently, but the problem is he he gets crocked constantly. So I'm not suggesting you pick him, but I will be keeping my eye on him because he's a cheap option on his day. He's as good as any. Yeah.
1: Do you know what? There's there's a bunch of people around that. He's six point three mil. So you've got Lorente, Carroll, and and Remy all around that within point one of each other around there. So there's. There are options around that, depending on if you're still playing 3-4-3, three, three, then that can be one of the cheaper ones. I like Remy as well. I'm not quite sure he's quite there yet, but no, um, I agree. He, he's definitely one to keep an eye on.
0: OK, chaps. Well, let's move on to Burnley versus Leicester then. Burnley are at home, lads. Now, this, this generally raises my eyebrows a little bit more than when they're away, although a great account of themselves against Arsenal... Iceman, if I come to you first on this, who do you like in this one?
2: Yeah, we had uh, a question from Twitter, Imran at uh, Soy Imran. He is asking, does Snodgrass's move to Burnley make him the best budget midfielder option? Uh, firstly, I think, why the hell has whole sold Snodgrass to Burnley? <laughs> but good on Burnley for getting him. I think he, he could be a great option for, uh, Burnley, especially with their their fixtures coming up, I think they're they're looking pretty promising. I'm just going to have a, a quick uh, look at the ticker here. So you're looking at Leicester at home, Watford. They've got Chelsea after that, but then they've got Hull and then Swansea. Just so, the check is that confirmed that move? Because I'm still reading here; it's only bids at this point. It's been accepted by them, so uh, I believe it's almost gone through. I mean, like we we can either commit to this on the pod or not commit to it, but uh, just. If if he has gone there, I do think <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do think he's probably going to be a good option if he has. But you've still got Gray there as well. He, he's probably a good option. Burnley do have I think the f- third highest number of points at home, so it's always a good option for for Burnley when they're at home. Heaton, obviously the goalkeeper to have as we mentioned nearly every week. Leicester just not looking that good at the moment though are they <laughs> there Where's morgan who's like you know, a sumo wrestler now he's he seems to be um golden goal which was offside in that game i watched it he just looked down and at the end he just was like I, I don't know why it's not working he doesn't know how to get it working i know that apparently they've fallen out of ranieri uh, seems to be a bit of arguments there did you hear much on that tom uh, you heard as well so, yeah, I've got
1: another of my friends is a Saints fan who occasionally gets to go down there and watch them. And he watched the Leicester game. And I watched it on telly. And it was the first time I've seen Leicester not really put a shift in for the full 90. Like, yeah. that was the one thing last season you could guarantee is they just work their socks off for the whole game. And obviously, a lot more than that in the title winning season. But that was the bare minimum you got from them. And I didn't see that last week, and I think that's that's worrying for fans and club alike. Really, I totally agree on Morgan. I think he's completely spent. He's um, looks about two stone heavier than he was at the end of um, last season. The the one thing I think they've got in their favour is that Mares has come back or will be coming back from yeah, the Afcon
2: and Samani.
1: Uh, that's right. And although I think they're, they're crying out for some some star power, and he he played quite well in the Afcon, uh, Mares. So and we know what he can do. So I think they really are just pinning their hopes on on him. From a Burnley perspective, I think just a shout out on that. That's a great stat on the um, on the uh, Burnley's home form. And just to echo that, they're fourth in the um, home form stats over ten games, which is well, the, yeah, the last ten, I think. Yeah, last eight it must be. I think actually, and that's that's all Premier League teams. So they are a bit of a force to be reckoned with at home. They lost a the game to Arsenal there, which they really didn't deserve to. So it's Actually, a little bit underselling them. (laughs) Um, You've also mentioned Heaton as well. He's definitely value, but he's 5 mil now. So he's now got to a stage where that's a decent price point for a keeper. I like Andre Gray as well, 6.2. So he's another one in that range that you mentioned. But yeah, outside of that, I I wouldn't really be going too close to Leicester because I was pretty worried by how poor they were at um, St. Mary's on the weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was uh, you wouldn't have seen a result like that last season, only three goals in, in a game against uh, uh, a club a little bit further down the league. So, yeah, good performance by Saints, though. But again, I can't really offer anything for this game. The, the only one I'm probably going to go for is Heaton, and that's only because he's already in my team. Cool. So, Borough versus West Brom. Um, again, two teams that you could argue have overperformed in certain times throughout the season, certainly the baggies. Uh, Tom, let's come to you first of all.
1: So yeah, with the with the borough team, straight away you look at their defenders, and there's a good reason for that. They've only conceded six goals in their last six games, and three of them came in one game when the mighty West Ham's banked them on their own patch. So <laughs> yeah. um, they do actually have quite a nice run of games as well. With um, Spurs away as the only one where you'd say is a standout, really difficult one. So I think Chambers at four point five mil, Friend at four point four. And Gibson at four point nine, any of them are are kind of viable. It just depends on your on how your team's set up. I think I think definitely having one of them makes sense. is um, kind of enabler. And I really I was I wanted to get you guys' thoughts. Actually, I really like um, Triore, and because he gave Cresswell an absolute. A nightmare of a game even though we we won up there he was just giving him the run around for the whole game and he's 4.8 mil and plays really well but he's only got 27 points in 15 appearances yeah, which, is, he's, which is really, he's always really played
2: well. Yeah, He's always played well but he's never scored the FPL mm. point I do think he's a decent player I think he could be a good signing for Chelsea they're going to yeah. get him aren't they so
0: I was going to say, I think he's the sort of player that would, really needs to be in a decent club with a, with a good finisher in front of him. Do
1: mm. you think he'd? Um, you think he usurp Moses if he came in? You think he'd actually take that spot? Uh,
0: I think I personally think if he was signed, he would be in that front three. Oh, okay. Rather, rather than as a wing back, mm. well, I, I don't know. I, I don't I'd, I'd
1: trust him defensively.
2: I'd see him in that uh, wing back. Well, maybe as a backup to Moses because like, Moses um, he can't do it all season, can he?
1: Yeah, but I really like him. But like I say, I, I can't really. To all the listeners, I can't say he's going to come in and
2: score a load of points because he just
1: hasn't yet. But I'm always thinking that it's it's due in in true FF surgery <laughs> so phraseology. <that> <laughs> it's, he's due. Yeah. He um, is. He
0: is absolutely. He's been due a while. We're wait- um, waiting.
1: Waiting. Uh, West Brom wise, I won't like hog all of this because I'm sure you guys have tons of points as well. But just a shout out for our favorite Mr. Chris Brunt. Yeah. So I think yeah, um, five mil. Um, and he's <laughs> on the nose when we're recording this. He's got. 35 points in seven games. His goal on, uh, in the last game was awesome. And, uh, he just ticks every FPL box, really.
2: You love him, don't you? You really
1: I do love just, him. I think there's just it's just nothing to dislike about <laughs> him. Yeah. So he'll, he'll, there's other other names, but I'll um I'll wrap it up there. My thoughts on that one, and Let you guys come in.
0: Well, I was just because Chris Brom was going to be the one that I mentioned. <laughs> the, the FPL love affair with the man goes on. But to add a stat to that, in his last five Premier League home games, he's had a hand in six goals. Mm. So three goals, three assists, big returns from him at home. He granted he's away this weekend, but um I, I think he's gonna stay in the I know that they've got more attacking options, but I, I still think he's just gonna keep on doing it. He's in great form this season and the baggies look good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. He, he does he take corners?
1: I've I've seen I've seen him take corners. Yeah, I don't know if he takes every single one or whether yeah. or not it depends on which flank it's taken from.
2: Yeah, because um, West Brom have scored the most from corners this season. Um, yeah,
1: McCauley's always a threat. And yeah,
2: McCauley's still bang, banging in the points. And knees. So, yeah. Just Even last game, all he got was an assist, which was to Fletcher. Yeah, and, yeah still grabbed the, as well, yeah, Still grabbed yeah. the three bonus points, so yeah, yeah, he's a great option. Um, not discounting uh, the likes of Phillips, though. Mm. He should have had an assist in the last game when Chadley hit the bar. Chadley's still getting unlucky. Did he get the assist for that in the end? I think he might have. But I still think Chadley could be a good dark horse, but I know he's not been scoring lately I just think he's an attacking player and... I
1: think the same about Rondon as well I love Rondon but yeah. he just goes he's so hot and cold I think he's, he's another striker sort of back to goal striker who plays well
2: yeah.
1: uh, and can do really well for FPL but not every week
2: yeah, it's so, just when you look at the, those fixtures uh, on oh, the FPL uh, tracker. Yeah, it just says two, 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 mm. two. So, like you're obviously thinking, oh, I need to have some West Brom players. I think you probably do need some if you if you wanted to get ahead in FPL for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, they're um, they're a top option at the moment. Pulis has done well. Yeah.
0: Let me just uh, just throw some stats to you about Macaulay in terms of his points total this season. He has outscored some absolute top defenders. David Luiz, he's outscored uh, Nacho Monreal, Mustafia Arsenal. Bellerin, he's outscored this season. You may be surprised, and he's actually also outscored 50 million Wonder Kid John Stones as well. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that that's the pedigree of the man that we're talking about here and still a, yeah, an absolute pittance at 4.9 million. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah he's he's a top top option I'm kicking myself because I opted for Johnny Evans right at the beginning of the the season over McAuley and he, he's done well Evans but he's just always getting he, and I knew it going in he's he was cheaper because of his record with injury and again he's he's been out for a few games so just paying that extra 0.5 just would have made a massive difference in in my overall uh, rank so sometimes it does pay to spend a little more on the on the better defenders from the clubs who who play under the likes of Pulis and Allardyce
0: Tom, you're sounding more and more like our uh, mini league participant, Captain Hindsight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the FPL, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it got, really is. Yeah. Hindsight like 2020. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we've got Sunderland versus Tottenham in the next 7:45 kickoff on the Tuesday. Spurs, you know, continuing good form against City although not picking up the victory I thought they deserved to go away with the uh, the three points from that game lovely tackle at the end against uh, Raheem Sterling from Carl Walker clearly not a penalty Sunderland this week again losing to the baggies I really worry for David Moy's side now I think the only bright spark in that side really is Jermaine Defoe Iceman kick us off on this
2: Yeah, I think there's only really options from Tottenham here. And I think there are five of them in uh, Ali, Eriksen, Walker, Rose and Kane. Uh, You look at Sunderland's team and they've got loads of defenders out. Van Anholt might be moving and uh, Denier is injured at the moment. Kone's only just coming back from the African Cup of Nations. He'll have to be straight in the team. Dilobodji, I think, suspended for this game. Uh, it's not reporting that on FPL, but I have heard elsewhere that Dillavogie is out. So they're going to be limited in defence this game. So my idea is actually to put the captaincy on Kane. Because mm. I can see Got this being, being a riot. And uh, we did get a few shouts off of Twitter. Ruslan, I'm not going to try and pronounce your last name. So he messaged us saying, Is Kane a must-have now before playing Sunderland at game week 23? He's currently covered by Ali, but I think Kane is going to score high this game. He's on penalties and he's getting still loads of attempts uh, each game. Playing with the likes of Ali and Ericsson creating, Yeah, I can see him scoring high. That's why I'm going to captain him. We also had uh, FPL Kangaroo saying, is Ali, Kane and Ericsson overkill ahead of the Spurs next few fixtures in uh, Sunderland, Middlesbrough and Liverpool? Uh, What do you guys reckon on that? Is it overkill having all three of them?
1: I'd say the only thing against it is it means you can't have either Walker or Rose in having those three. And I really like both of those options because they give the defensive points when they keep the clean sheets and they're both effectively playing as wingers. I saw on the official FPL app tweeted today, actually did a really interesting piece of analysis on the difference between Ali and Ericsson respectively. And they did a heat map of, or a kind of heat map of the average positions of each player. And both of those fullbacks are well. Fullbacks is a misnomer because they're playing as yeah, wingers. They're
2: more or less wingers. Uh,
1: but like. no, I, th- I think good on you if, if you're going to gamble at this stage and go for those three. Now's the game to do it because
2: yeah.
1: Jim's used the word riot. i would written down rampant here because <laughs> I think this could be this could be a big score. Yeah. I think Sunderland are in, it just in turmoil. Like uh, Moyes sounds utterly de- dejected. Uh, Sign Jolion Lescott, and I mean if he's the answer then. Change the question because he's just, he was he was <laughs> dreadful for Villa last season. He <laughs> looks really out of shape as well. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I I think there will be this could be a really really big score. They'll, they'll probably go and shut them out now on Nicker one nil with yeah. Alderwell, uh Toby. Sorry, I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname. Is,
2: Alderwell. is we, we has he's, a bit
1: of a knock.
0: We've gone out of this world. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a bit of a knock, and we know that the Tongan's out. Tungan's out. Yeah. So. There's a glimmer for Sunderland there, but I wouldn't cling much, much hope onto that. I, I think this is going to be a really difficult game for Sunderland, and a manager who, who to me sounds like he's already accepting that that his team's going to be relegated
2: the only thing is with that is that they did start Wimmer in the last game he gave the ball away I think they conceded a goal from it so Potty took him off at half time replacing him with Davis And also Larice made a couple of mistakes last game that might knock his confidence you know, you've got the Van Vertonghen and Olderweiler who's out yeah. maybe that might dislodge it Looking at Sunderland's team itself, and each of you is out as well, on the uh, bright side, Rodwell has still had 36 starts and still <laughs> no win. Wow. I think, oh, gosh. Uh, I think, Ispan, you might see
0: uh, Dyer go into the back four if, if all of those players are out. So Eric Dier um, yeah. mm. is actually coming. I think he's a fairly solid... Um, yeah, not- I like Dier. I I'm like, like Davies as, well. as well. Yeah, me yeah too. I think
1: Davies' is quality. I think, do you know what it's made me realise as well is we were bigging up Pickford... For the uh, when he when he got his place, and he was he was doing so well, and then had that really unfortunate injury, but it just sort of highlights how important he was actually because monone 's come in and he 's been useless yeah. as well, so even the the one shining light they had of their young local lad in gold, they can 't even rely on that now because he 's been out for a while, and yeah. the replacement just doesn 't seem up to it either, so I feel for that fans they've they've got awesome fans and a really good club, but they've they 've said they 're not going to spend any money um in the window. They're looking to sell Van Aanholt as well, and I don't know. It just feels like the club's accepting that, that we, they're going to go down. down. Yeah,
0: they going down. Well, the the only thing I'll, I'll uh, add to this discussion, if I was a Tottenham fan and as an Arsenal fan, you can imagine how I feel about saying this. But I tell you what, I look at their running of games, and if they're ever going to do it, this yeah. year is going to be it. Just if, if I'm not going to read them all out to you, but if you're listening mm. to this, look at their look at their running of fixtures from game from game week twenty three to thirty eight. Even the difficult games they've got are at home, so I think if Spurs are going to do it and not mm-hmm. bot, this will be the year. But because of that, I'm going to be keeping Kane and uh, Ali in my team for the long haul.
1: I think yeah. it's a I think it's a good shout here as well. I think they they there was a bit of a robbery um, at the Etihad to get that point, um, but they got that point. Do you know what I mean? They, yes, they didn't. They, did. they, they, didn't, didn't up. The they didn't fold. They had two horrible errors from a, a world class goalkeeper and didn't let it bother them. And I was I was impressed and. Ali's eight goals in his last six games have come from seventeen shots as well. So he's not it's yeah. not like it's a one for one conversion. He's getting loads of chances as well. Um so I I kind of agree and it pains me as a hammer as well to
2: yeah. to say it.
1: But I think they got they got a really good chance. It's just a bit unfortunate for them that they've still got Europe to have to contend with and Chelsea don't. So that's going to become a factor and how they'll manage that will, will be a real challenge for them, but we'll wait and see uh, and I you know I would I think it'd be a brave man to count against them mounting a sustained challenge because they they're in top form
0: interesting stuff well we, we are singing the praises of spurs don't say we're biased on this podcast <laughs> um I'm going to kick us off with Swansea versus Saints now there's a player that uh, Swansea signed in the window um I'm not convinced he's going to bring you a bucket load of points, but I do think for the ever-going kind of conundrum of the fifth midfielder, actually Tom Carroll looks a good option in the Swansea midfield. I watched that game and actually really creative. Um, He was within their midfield centrally, but actually got forward a lot. He got an assist. He's only 4.2 million, and I don't really see, see too many other quality players in the Swansea team that you'd put ahead of him at the moment so when i do my wild card rejuggle i will be looking at him potentially as an enabler for other positions Um did you chaps
2: see him and have any thoughts on him yeah definitely agree with that mate He's uh, he's a definite fifth midfielder option a good capoe replacement which i would love to do at the moment but more pressing things elsewhere yeah
1: yeah here you 4.2 mil i uh, was hoping he'd go under the radar a bit but not a chance with how well he played at Anfield. So. Yeah, definitely agree on that. I think he he played really well. There's absolutely no reason for them not to play him. You know, the rest of the guys have had twenty odd games and they've been they've been terrible most of the season. So why not give him a chance? He's done well, so I, I expect him to play. And yeah, fifth choice mid. If you're doing three four three, is it's the perfect perfect storm really. He's playing. these uh, four point two mil.
0: So Tom, you you also talked a bit about Lorente earlier, mm. and Tom, really he. Um, I suppose was the Spain's version of Peter Crouch during the era when they had uh, the Torreses up front, yeah. David Vias. He was the big go-to guy. He's mm-hmm. always been a class striker. He's kind of he's. I think he's made some interesting career moves. He went to Juve. Obviously, he was at Bilbao for a while. Then he went back to um, he went back to Spain. And for me, I'm perhaps a little bit misguided by his agent, but actually, you get flashes of quality from this mm. guy it's spanish international what are your thoughts about him now two goals against liverpool, liverpool well
1: like i said i transferred him out last week but i do kind of regret it even though i think Carroll is the the better long term option just because i've always liked him as a footballer he'd like you just yeah. mentioned his career i think it's sometimes difficult to separate fpl returns to your own personal preference of yeah. liking a player yeah. And let's be fair, Swansea have been have been poor this season, but he does always in the same way that Carroll offers it, he does always offer that threat from a set play. He's brilliant in the air. He is a bit of a poacher. Um and you never know with a new manager coming in, they have been playing a bit better. Sigurdsson will always create chances. They look like they've got another foil there in in Carroll, like we said. So I think Lorente is a, in that six point two to sort of six point three range. He does remain Viable up to a point, I think. I, I'd still prefer Sigurdsson, though. I know he's not been doing terrifically well recently, but um, still scored at Anfield last week and seven point two, so he's still not horribly priced. He's um, he's probably someone that you you trust more if you were going to look at Swansea making a making a real fist of their uh, efforts to stay in the league. One What's thing the- I will say. I'm so glad I've got rid of a Matt. I finally found time to <laughs> oh, to use a transfer to to get rid really. of him. I, I understand your pain, Jim, because mm. we've wanted to get rid of him for ages. But it's a transfer; it's effectively you know, it's, it's you don't want to waste it, waste it doing that. But I finally oh, found time to get rid of him, and and the less I said about that, the better. I can.
2: <laughs> man, what about your thoughts on uh, on Sponzy Saints? Well, you've got Saints playing two games before this this particular game, so. They're going to be knackered, or they're going to mm. be fielding a different type of team. So you can see a lot of points from Swansea just for this game. Maybe not going forward for the next few because they do have City after this game. Then they got Leicester, then Chelsea. But after those four games, they, they look pretty promising. Uh, they've actually got Burnley, Hull, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough after that. So that's a good run, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a pretty good run. So if you got yeah. Siggy, maybe he's worth holding on to A lot of people are bringing him in. I don't know if he's going to be uh, a sustainable. Going forward, because he did only get the goal. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't have that many chances in the last game against Liverpool. They they played quite well, but um, can't see them playing that well every single game it's not, no. I don't think it's going to suddenly change due, due to Clement uh, they lost 4-0 against Arsenal the week before so I, I still can't see many options from Swansea I still feel like they're going to go down uh, Carroll like you said yeah a good uh, fifth midfielder maybe Lorente, not sustainable two chances two goals I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Olsen's a good buy for them. I think he makes a bit of a difference in their team. But no, I, I can't see it. The only... they,
1: I think they are probably one of the worst sides I've seen defensively for yeah. a long time. And I think the manager can only do so much with that in the time he's got. So everything we've been saying has been talking offensively. So maybe that's the, the advice here, is don't discount Swansea altogether from FPL, but focus more on them scoring goals. Because if they're going to get out of it, It's going to be winning games 3-2 rather than 1-0. That's how I see it for, for them.
2: Looking, looking towards Southampton though, they will be tired, so maybe steer clear for now. I mean, you've got Van Dijk who's out for three months now, so that makes—jeez, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, that Knew makes, he was injured. Wow. That makes Shishida, um more of an option because he's probably more nailed at four point two. But it's whether you trust that. Even uh, the guy that played tonight, Stevens, who plays at the back, is an option at four point uh, at four million. Uh, might need to give him time though. Uh, we did, I did shout talent last week he got a goal but yeah as I say they will play twice before this game so you're looking at a lot of fatigue will pass looked good though good, good second goal in the previous game against Leicester and uh, he does take a great free kick ward perhaps, I think he's been compared to Beckham, I can't see it myself but um, maybe soon they might be options, I don't know I'm just very wary about playing two games before this these fixtures I was hoping for Jay Rodriguez to do well, he obviously got the goal in the last game but now I hear he's injured tonight so maybe he's worth shipping out for me.
1: Yeah, it'd be worth watching that one because he got, he got hooked at half time there was mm. no reason to take him off tactically I wouldn't have thought, so there's there were early murmurings on Twitter that it was an ankle knock but I don't think anyone can know for sure what the prognosis is so one for Ben Dinnery to weigh a
2: on I guess Yeah I'll get on to the dinner lady Okay
0: so not too many options coming from that one thinking more towards the Swansea attacking side of things. Speaking of attack Liverpool versus Chelsea this is a big game. We've got one of the more exciting I suppose offences in the league this season versus a team that's just found a way to keep clean sheets. Uh, Tom I'll let you uh, set us off on this one. Who do you like in this game?
1: Well, I think the first thing to say is that, that what's happened to Liverpool—they they haven't won a game in the league in 2017. They've only won one game, and that was against Plymouth. They really are in sort of pretty terrible form now. They've gone out of the cup today. They've lost one nil to to Saints at Anfield. Just one thing on Saints as well—we it's worth mentioning their defense as well. They haven't actually conceded a goal in that tournament, so I do think their defense is. I should have mentioned it when we were talking about them, but their defense is. Definitely worth looking at. Going back to Liverpool, they're missing Mane so much at the moment. They've got Coutinho back in, and he obviously seems to work well with Firmino, who scored two in the last fixture. But I really am worried about having any Liverpool coverage at the moment. I've personally got Lallana, who's good value. You can't ignore their their poor form. They've actually conceded more than Watford, Palace, Leicester and Bournemouth in their last six games, and that's just sort of pretty damning, really. So I'd be wary about owning any of their players, especially with a defence as effective as Chelsea, as Chelsea have. They're relentless. They've got Costa back in their side now. Uh, He's been the standout striker in the Premier League this season. So
2: consistent.
1: So consistent, that's right. I know this is a hard game and they've got a a hard fixture following that, but then they've got a great run of um, Burnley, Swansea, West Ham... Watford, Stoke and Palace. I'm not sure if it's in that order, but certainly, I and mean, that's just a terrific run. So I think you're going to need at least two players from Chelsea for that run. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of people being worried about Hazard's returns. And I do get that. You're spending a lot of money on him. But we were kind of all agreeing that Costa's been awesome. And he has been. But he's actually got the same points as Hazard. They've both got 129 points, which I thought was kind of interesting yeah. over yeah. the whole season. So I'd say they're both viable picks. If you can squeeze them both in, then I think that's definitely viable as well. And that defence of theirs is, is just remarkable. So it's a, it's a great game. It should be a good good fixture to watch. Um, FPL-wise, though, I think, I think Liverpool are a horse I'd be getting off at the minute.
0: I think that's a, that's a fair comment. Absolutely not firing all, all cylinders. I do think they need Sadio Mane back. He seemed to be that kind of electric pace they had, which made a difference. To their their front line, um, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in the returns of Daniel Sturridge. I I was hoping he would come in and do what he usually does, and he seems to just get straight back into form. But it's just not happened. I don't know if that's about the system he's playing in. I agree. I I've actually kept the faith in Hazard. And yeah, you're right. Maybe for that price, you're wanting big game weeks. But having said mm-hmm. that, you know, in his last five game weeks, he's he scored uh, five or more on three occasions. Yeah, the- I've
1: still got him. I've still got him, Pete, as well. I think yeah. i would definitely stick with him. I'm kind um, of
0: looking over the course of the season. About a third of his games, he scored eight points plus, maybe even more than that if I count up everything. So yeah. I, I'm, I wouldn't be panicking. I think he's, he's going to play every week. I think if Costa doesn't play, he'll be the one that ends up being stuck up front. Uh-huh. Um, so I think uh, I, he's one I'd be willing to keep the faith in and just wait on. Right, man, anyone you like in this fixture?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, Costa's back now, isn't he? And he's risen in price again up to 104 Got that goal like he always does, and yeah. uh, he, he actually obtained the highest amount of shots on goal for strikers this game week. So people who are thinking about taking them out. I probably wouldn't. He's definitely a uh, a keeper for me if you've got him. I'm not going to get him myself, but we do have Mike RB77 asking, is Costa a must-have now? Uh, not had him all season. Aguero in or out? So looking at moving Aguero out for Costa, maybe. I did think about that one myself because I do still have Aguero, but... I'm going to hang on due to Aguero's fixtures, but a lot of people shouting about Hazard as well. Only one shot on target in his last three though, guys, and no attempts in his last game, although he was further forward than most. He, he seems to be playing a bit more central now. Uh, we did have a load of people asking, we had Kaz 67 asking, should I keep Hazard or sell? Already have Alexis, Ali, Phillips and Capui. So you gonna? Know, ch-
1: yeah, I, t- I think that question for me, whether or not you sell a Hazard I think it depends on what other Chelsea coverage you have yeah I think if you've got Costa you can you can say yeah it makes sense to move on I think if you don't have him I don't see it being a good idea to progress with that that run of fixtures we just mentioned and not have a Chelsea attacking cover so we've talked about Pedro in the past on this podcast I know that Pete's a really big fan of Pedro as well but I just think you need some Chelsea offensive coverage for that run personally I'm going to stick, keep the faith with Hazard because he has done it in the past and has got huge returns of, you know, in his locker. I just think you need to have at least one of the one of the two. Yeah. Um, Costa or Hazard.
2: Uh, as I was saying, we, we, there's so many people asking about it. Obviously, people mm. are just thinking about it, so that's why he's being shipped. Um, we had At Palo, Palo Paul asked whether to move him out. We also had Henry Powell. With Liverpool and Arsenal coming up, is it time to lose Alonso and Aspilicueta? He's saying... Uh, plus he also has Hazard all season time to go Like, I don't feel like you should be moving these players I'm definitely not moving out Alonso no. uh, obviously if you've got two maybe if you find better options for example Rose or someone like that in, uh, in defense who's more or less playing as a winger also had Daniel Hampsey say uh, patience versus knowing when to give up been sitting on Hazard and I don't know I don't want to knee jack there's
1: a lot of questions on it though. Yeah, seems uh, to be the
2: main topic Tendai Horton also said good discussion with whether Hazard Funds and Bolster elsewhere a lot of people just thinking oh we need to remove him it's, it does depend on your team, doesn't it? It's not, um, it's not a case of, yes, you should remove him or, yes, you shouldn't. It mm. depends on what you've got and who you've got up front. I've got rid of him. I got rid of him a few weeks ago now. I'm quite glad I did because he's obviously scored less and I've actually used that money elsewhere. But you've always got that chance of him scoring quite high. Mm. Uh, I did think he was going to do that against Hull, but obviously that just did, never happened
1: did you guys watch that whole game yes either of you yeah we did I,
2: we watched it together
1: i i watched it as well i just thought that that horrible injury to mason mm. really impacted all the players yeah, and why have, wouldn't yeah. it it was brutal it's a really hard call i think it just depends on the makeup of your squad
0: interesting so certainly some uh, some split thoughts there on um, uh, chelsea versus liverpool well Tom, we're actually coming to your to your club now, West huh. Ham versus Manchester City, the 7.45 on the Wednesday. Let uh-huh. me uh, hand this over to you to kick us off for this one.
1: So I obviously got absolutely hammered by them 5-0 on our own patch just a few weeks ago in the Cup. Um, that was a sort of humiliating defeat and, you know, could happen again. But actually, the since the Piatt news broke and Bilic went public with that, we've actually played really well and beat Palace, handsomely at home and then went to borough who are like we said a really tight side and one one well up there as well so a bit more confident that we'll at least give a better account of ourselves this time we've mentioned andy carroll already so i think he's viable to pick against any defense and certainly he should enjoy having the freedom of the box against bravo for any kind of crosses into the box or set plays that should be an opportunity for him and you've got Lanzini who I know Jim wants to talk about and Antonio at 6.3 mil and 6.9 if you want to look at the West Ham offensive options because Man City are far from tight at the minute I would say though that I think Man City have been really really unlucky in their last two I think they got turned over at Goodison Park but actually they played quite well before all the the goals started going in um, and they weren't it wasn't like plentiful chances for Everton they just converted them really impressively and then, likewise, against Spurs, they created a lot there. I'm a huge KDB fan as well. I know he's um, he's cost Jim this season because he, he's played well, but not FPL well.
2: Yeah, he's killed
1: I, me. Yeah, and I I, I feel for you because he's he's hard player to remove because he he plays play so like well when you watch a game, but he's just not getting the returns. I think he's I think in again in FF surgery term he's due and I think they've got they've got <laughs> with a run of West Ham, Stoke, Swansea, Bournemouth and Sunderland in their next six. just see those again West Ham, Stoke, Swansea, Bournemouth and Sunderland if ever Aguero or Kevin De Bruyne or Sterling or all these offensive players yeah. are going to make hey that's the run to do it in so <laughs> if yeah. you've got Aguero then I don't see how you can lose him even though he's been He's been disappointing for returns recently with that run. I just think every time you'll come to make the transfer, you'll be like, can I risk taking him out with them playing that opposition?
0: Yeah, I think you make a fair point about that. I don't think, I think it's bad of City have been recently. I agree. They you know, they did get a result against Tottenham. It kind of feels like just a matter of time before they uh, get back on track again. Iceman, yeah. any, any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I do want Andy Carroll back <laughs> in my team. I just think he's, he's turning a different screw now, isn't he? He looks like he's he's playing just to get amongst the goals every single time. He looks really disappointed when he doesn't score. As Tom said, I am looking at bringing in Lanzini five attempts in his last uh, two games and he looks like he's taken up that pirate role. So I think that points may be coming his way with their fixtures coming up as well obviously after this game I think City played the uh, best game of the season if you ask me and I just think they're I think they turning a different gear now Pep as I mentioned last week I think the Pep has got them going now and they're playing a different type of football I think Aguero, three shots inside the box last game, could have scored. I think he's definitely due (laughs) and I think he will score. A lot of people looking at Sterling. He has made the most penalties this season, but Uh, Didn't in the last game because he didn't go over when Walker pushed him. Maybe he should have. It's whether you believe in that type of thing, whether you deserve a penalty or whether you're just diving. Uh, Although Torre, uh, in that defensive central midfielder, I think that works for City in a good way. It kind of releases De Bruyne and, say, uh, the likes of Sane, who had a great game in the last game. Uh, He's like a better version of Sterling in some way releasing players like them to get forward and I, I you know he's always on penalties as well if you're willing to take a punt and choose someone different the only problem is that blank game week coming up into uh, game week 26 you know City maybe be ones to kind of stay away from at the moment so w- with West Ham though yeah, I, I can see as I mentioned Lanzini Antonio Carroll uh, they're all good options, maybe not quite yet though. Even if I bring in Lanzini now, I might bench him for this particular game itself.
0: Interesting. So a couple of options there. Either way, I like the uh, the differential of Lanzini compared to you know the, the season long talk of Piatt. Let's go to the other side of Manchester then. So Man United versus Hull. Both teams playing over the weekend, so they've been given an extra day's rest until the Wednesday. Um, Iceman, you can kick us off on this one this time. Who do you fancy from this one?
2: Well, there's not that many from United for me still. I mean, obviously, if you've got Jones, etc., keep him. Uh, Mkhitaryan doesn't seem to be doing much. Uh, Rooney's now the Man United record-breaking goal scorer, so well done to him. Although Bailly's coming back from African Cup of Nations, so maybe that might dislodge, say, Jones. I don't think it will. might just pair up with him. Um, So you've got those options itself. Uh, Hull, if we could give a quick mention to Mason and wish him well on his recovery. Um, Hull are the highest conceders of penalties this season with 10. Uh, They are inspired by this new manager Silva though, so uh, Jakubovic who keeps starting, he's at 3.9 yeah, who knows? You maybe get loads of save points from him if you bring him in. Uh, they are starting to play well. Yeah, I, you could see whole probably holding United. I can, I could see it. Maguire, he played well in the last game. He's if they start keeping clean sheets, someone like Maguire, he seems to shoot on sight. He got four attempts on goal, which was top of the defenders uh, last game week. So he's a decent defender. Uh, obviously, not. I wouldn't necessarily bring in a whole city players myself against United but yeah, if you're willing to take a massive punt on maybe uh, Yakupovic hoping that they're going to keep a clean sheet loads of save points why not yeah, go for it
1: Ibrahimovic remains obviously the standout he'll be massively captain this week and it's understandable he's got 132 points in the FPL this season which is a terrific return when you consider well, it is anyway but when you consider it actually had a fair few blanks over the course of the last 22 weeks or whatever that's a, that's a really good return, so he's obviously still viable for this fixture as a captain. Jones at 5 mil remains a good a good choice, I think. I don't think he'll lose his spot. Mourinho doesn't really like changing his defensive line. Um, and Valencia at 5.5 mil, you always expect kind of a, an assist potential there, but I agree, there's there's not a whole choice. I'm sure United will create chances, but you don't really know who it's going to come from. It could be Mata, Nkhitaryan, it could be Lingard, Herrera, Carrick, Valencia, you just don't really know who's going to be there. From an FPL perspective, what you want is certainty. And outside of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I don't see there being much of a certainty for, for Man United in this fixture. So, yeah, I'd probably echo those thoughts.
0: I, um, I do like your, your shout of Valencia. He's actually got the most crosses of any defender in the league and he's got mm. 31 successful. So he, he's probably, the in terms of providing from the wing, he is probably the, the go-to choice at the moment. He's only £5.5 million. And in terms of potential for clean sheets, for United being the third best in the league, Hull City at home, obviously, next. They then got Leicester away where, you know, I think they could do anything against them the way they're playing at the moment. And the next fixture is at home against Watford. Yeah, so I think in terms of, I still, I've got Jones in my team, so I won't be swapping him out for the sake of getting Valencia in. But if you were wanting to go to United defender, an extra 0.5, um, I suppose, outlay to get Valencia in would provide some attacking threat as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, agree exactly. that, OK, well let's uh, go on to the final game of this uh, upcoming game week on the Wednesday another 8 o'clock kick-off we have Stoke versus Everton I'm very interested in the 6 million Sido Berahino giving Crouch uh, some competition up yeah. front in the past he's been, well he's been consistent when he's played for West Brom in the past the only issue is going to be he hasn't really played consistently for about two years yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's another Remy situation I, I love the idea of him uh, I love the history there and I think that even when the players come back from afcon he'll still be a good shout to to play up front given they've they, you know the outlay they've put to get him in. Tom who do you like in this one?
1: Do you know what there are loads of options here yeah. in in FPL. Um I, I'll try not to steal them all um when I'm talking about them now but I think if you look through the Everton squad you're going to be hard pushed for, to find someone who's not a good choice, who's who's starting. I think I'll leave the the kind of the morale situation and, and Barkley there. I think if you, I just focus on the wingbacks for a minute. So they're the same price at the minute. I think it's 5.6 million for Baines or Coleman respectively. And I had a little look at how they've been performing because, you know, Baines has been an FPL darling for years and years and years and, Coleman more recently
2: before you do I just want to say that Edward Emerson has asked the question Baines or Coleman so oh cool I'll try and answer that now
1: yeah okay cool so um looking I basically thought well instead of looking at it over the course of the season let's try and look at it more recently and I looked at a three game period so it's relatively similar for some of the stats as you'd as you'd expect in that they both played um, in all three of those games but Coleman's actually got Twelve passes into the box in, the, in that period compared to Baines's four, and he's made seventeen crosses compared to Baines's six, which I was really surprised about. That it was that marked the difference. Obviously, Coleman's notched recently as well um, on more than one occasion. So you've kind of got the stats, and I guess goals from open play are more favouring Coleman. The counter to that would be that Baines is on penalties. Yeah. You would think when he's on the, when he's on the pitch, he seems to have accepted that he's he's ahead of Lukaku in the pecking order for that. So my gut feel says sort of standard play. I'd go with Coleman but you have to accept that if they get that penalty, he's going to be nowhere near that. Yeah, um, That's that's my take. The did, only other one I did want to
2: talk about... Just so, is... before you move on, just a quick one, mm. because I did look at the stats as well, but I took it in a different okay. uh, kind of way that you did. Uh, so we both looked at it in a, from different perspectives. So I I, look, I just looked at the attacking stats for both, because obviously if you get in the defensive stats, you'll get the points anyway. Um, over the last six games... So I did it over six, whereas you did it three. Coleman Mm. Coleman edges it for overall touches, touches in the box, and has five attempts on goal to Baines' three. So they've both created about this. Well, they've both created six, the same amount of chances in that time. So, and then I looked at defending Baines' wins overall on that, but... Looking at my opinion on this, there isn't a major difference over no. the last six. So, in terms of the two attacking stats, I would put Baines uh, ahead of him because he's on penalties. Because you just got you got to take that with, with the fixtures coming up. There are loads of penalties which could happen. Whereas uh, even Con-
1: with those crosses stats, you'd still put him ahead in
2: attack. I would, yeah, because he's not grabbing loads of assists, is he? So mm. but it, it is close. I mean, like, either one is a viable option, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, what about you, Pete? You've got, you got a view that you can be the casting decision, the vote here. Mm.
0: You both make compelling arguments. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I'm a bit more drawn by, I've got to say, I'm always drawn by... The, the penalty side of thing, I think with with Baines, he's he's always just it's just that option. He's so consistent from penalties as well. I, I think they're both great shouts. I think if if you gave me the two of them and said you've got to have one or the other, they're both fit and firing. I'd probably still go for Leighton.
1: yeah, right, yeah. I'll, I'll concede defeat 2-1 uh, <laughs> two, two in favour of Leighton to the to the guy who asked that question. It was a really good question and a, a timely one as well. Yeah, just other thoughts were Davies at four point four mil. He's been he's been great since he's come into the team. I think. The only way I'd personally see him would be the fifth-choice mid, and I'd be just a bit wary because we got you've got a great option in Carroll that we've already mentioned, Swansea's Carroll, who's cheaper at 4.2 mil. And stats. And, and, and stats, and um, not being funny, but as well as Davies has played, you've got the fact that Schneiderlin's just been signed, Yeah, Barry's still really liked by Kuman and you've got um, Guy is okay, about to come back as well. So I've just you wouldn't be shocked that if yeah. this this that the guy got uh, benched in the near future. So I'd, a word of warning on on that.
2: Yeah, he's only 18, so I can see him getting yeah. benched. Sorry, I, I said starts when uh, I was mentioning uh, Carol. He seems to get. Uh, Ninety minutes, so I can see him probably getting a lot more time than Ross. So, uh, yeah, over the two, I'll probably go Cal. If I
1: one to catch. watch out for, though, right for next season and and looking yeah. longer term for sure, he looks a really good player. Yeah,
2: um,
1: from a Stoke side, not a whole lot of options really um, in my view. There's a few good defensive make weights there, sort of Peters and Grant and the like, but just a little one that I'd like to shout would be Arnautovic. He's yeah. got um, he's seven point one mil, which is kind of a unhelpful price range really but it's just a feeling that I have of Stoke seem to rely on him for their goals when Crouch isn't performing and Crouch has done well recently I think he deserves a lot of credit but I always like Arnautovic and I think he's got big returns in him so if you're chasing and you want a bit of a left field pick I think Arnautovic represents that this week
2: Yeah, good show mate Thing. Just, uh, I'm literally dying for a piss, so I'm just <laughs> just gonna roll over what I was gonna say on this one. I, I Morales is the guy I'm thinking of bringing in. Um, he he does look good. He's only six point one million. Uh, he's a very selfish player, so it's very good for for FPL itself. He always comes off, though, which is annoying. But on the heat map, he actually shows he's further forward than Lukaku. And he does have a lot to offer. He's 12 goal attempts in his last four, averaging three a game. So with these good fixtures coming up for Everton I think that I'll be putting him in well I'm definitely putting him in this week actually love that guy yeah. he's
1: a great shout and and you're going to make money on Rodriguez aren't you as well so it's yeah it's just it's just a no-brainer transfer that well well
2: me. I've also got Townsend who I'm desperate to get rid of as well so that's the Lanzini uh thinking yeah. as well so I'm I'm going to do the uh Lanzini and uh Morellas in for Townsend and Rodriguez uh but you're looking at um, also another option, which we spoke about last week. We didn't know whether he was nailed. Is whole gate seems to be starting every game now. So mm. uh, still a great option. Only at 4.1 playing for Everton. I'm still wondering whether to put him in or not. So I might do that. Now nah, if- stick
1: with the Matt. Stick with the Matt. He's going to come good.
2: <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, and also uh, a lot of people wondering whether to keep Lukaku or not. I, I would definitely keep faith in Lukaku with yeah. uh, Fix coming up. Right, I've got to go have a piss. <laughs> Be right back.
0: OK, the Iceman's back from his brief break. Um, So we've run through the 10 fixtures for the upcoming midweek game week. I'm just going to do a quick summary and then we'll move on to your social media questions. So from the top chaps chime in if I miss anyone glaring. Arsenal versus Watford. We've got Sanchez as usual, the essential midfielder in the league right now. Uh, We talked a bit about Mustafi, Iwobi and Ramsey amongst all the other Arsenal midfielders as options, but those three uh, particularly um, as differentials. Bournemouth versus Palace, we talked about... Nobody really standing out from this fixture. Keep your eye on Remy as he comes back to fitness. And also Jeff Schlupp, um, moderate price defender who's actually playing in midfield for them, so could uh, offer attacking and defensive returns. Burnley versus Leicester, again, not particularly excited about this fixture. The Iceman mentioned Gray. If you've got Heaton, certainly worth keeping, but we're not jumping to Leicester. Very sadly, now there's no one offering consistency. Borough versus West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Pretty much the defensive unit of Borough looking very good and consistent, seeming to get something every other game at the moment. We also like the nearly man, Traore. He seems to be due. He's been due for a while. Will you take a punt on him? Brunson McCauley continue to uh, score consistently, with McCauley outscoring some great FPL defenders. Sunderland versus Spurs. We like Rose, we like Walker, Kane, Alley, and Ericsson. They are the consistent performers. Uh, word of caution on the centre back situation with a lot being injured at the moment, but those five certainly representing value, with Kane a realistic captaincy choice against a struggling Sunderland side. Swansea versus Saints. We talked about the value represented by the new signing Carroll. We had a discussion around Lorente as well as one of those um, cheaper priced third strikers. Yashida and Stevens for Saints were predicting some game time with the injury to Van Dijk and the uh, the transfer of Fonte to West Ham. Liverpool versus Chelsea. We're actually going off Liverpool a bit attacking for the first time this season. We're looking at Costa and Hazard for Chelsea for this one. Hazard, we're saying you should stick with for now. Costa again just seeming to be fixture proof at the moment. West Ham versus City. The Iceman talks a bit about Lanzini as a differential option with Piatt leaving the club. Carroll has been looking very good recently. And for Man City, we think it's only a matter of time before Aguero starts scoring again. But KDB is quietly doing a job there and scoring fairly consistently. United versus Hull. We talked about Valencia and Jones at the back. Third best defence in the league at the moment and five and uh, 5.5 million. Both represent good value. Ibrahimovic just keeps doing the uh, the job up front. And then we came to Everton at the end there against Stoke City. The full-backs look a good bet. We had a decent chat about Baines and Coleman. Um, We talked about the emerging Davis, but just err on the side of caution before you put him in with a returning uh, range of midfielders for Ronald Koeman's side.
1: Yes, Bull. So good at that, that retrospective. (laughs) Don't need to listen to the, the whole pod. No, it's
0: about just If you <laughs> can't be bothered to listen to us, it. just go yeah. to about the 60th minute. and sure uh, it's yeah, too long it's didn't summary. read section, yeah. isn't we, it? Yeah. We
2: still get that listen uh, on the stats. So yeah, just do that. Yeah, that's fine. Just,
0: <laughs> I do think the context helps with some of these as well, especially <laughs> if we're talking about I don't know Bournemouth players or whatever or Hull players. Yeah, sure. Um, Ice social media.
2: Social media. We have had loads this week. I've had yeah, to well. cut it down, unfortunately, guys. I'm sorry if I've missed your question this week. Uh, just going to give a quick another shout-out to Simon Gardner at uh, Captain Kingship. Uh, looking forward to receiving my esteemed Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast Cup bully.
0: Did he actually put bully, or did he just put looking forward to receiving it? <laughs> he's, he
2: just said looking forward to receiving it. I well, he, can't, he can look forward
0: to receiving it because he's going to receive it, because we've now found a way of um of of creating a product that we can get to New Zealand it's going to be our i suppose our, our grandest uh, logistical <laughs> efforts yet, so uh,
2: watch this space, I can't wait till it arrives in your doorstep, uh, I expect
0: you? a video picture.
2: I will be putting this picture up on our website at some point uh, and celebrating his cup win, he says he doesn't know how he's done it, but good on you Simon, you've done really well. well um, when we started doing
0: the podcast over a year ago I knew that we would potentially broadcast worldwide, but to be shipping worldwide just <laughs> I, I never imagined within a year we'd get to this point, no, so um, first France, now New Zealand wherever next.
2: Yeah. Right, Right. going to social media we've got Imran at Soyi Imran has put if any or possibly all of you haven't used triple captainship yet when and on whom using today's stats would you use it Tom I'll come to you first
1: uh yeah I've seen a few people actually deploy it uh, the triple captainship already this season which for me is kind of curious because I think it's the one that lends itself most to a double game week. I think the other two you can make a decent case against using it in a double game week. Obviously, the all-out attack chip is, is one that you can just use you know, when that week kind of lends itself to it in terms of which players you have available to you. And the argument against using the bench boost one in a double game week is that it's really difficult to get a squad of fifteen in which all of them are playing twice when that doesn't, you know, impede you in the game weeks that follow. So I kind of get that with a triple captain, though. I just don't see how you can turn up the or turn down the chance rather for your player playing 180 minutes of football. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. watch this space. Wait till we know who's going to be playing. Jim's already given an update on yeah. who that's likely to be, and and then it will be the. The usual candidates from from those teams, so it's a bit of a cop out answer, really, but I think a sensible one as well. Uh, t- if t- you t- still t- got t- that, t- if you still got that chip, I, I think it really will pay in the long term to keep it, and you should see uh, big gains from that. Notwithstanding what happened with Lukaku last year,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, Tom, I think that's a great point, and I, th- I think case in point last year, those who saved it for. There was a couple of game double game weeks at the end of last season, and uh, a number of managers saved it for Aguero, and they ended up with a you know seventy odd points from him alone. Mm. Uh, we've already talked about the Arsenal game being cancelled, so potentially if Arsenal have a double game week, that gives you Alexis Sanchez playing twice. So I would absolutely be saving it for that. The thing I would caution you all to not fall into the trap of is when you've had a bad game week in FPL, all you want, and I don't know if about you guys agree with this, but all you want is an instant rebound, instant gratification. You want to see that big score and see yourself with that green arrow jumping up the league. The triple captain option On a week where one of the top players are playing against a weak side, it's very, very easy to fall into the trap of of picking them for that quick high score the next week. It's false economy. When you get to the double game week where other people are scoring twice as much as you, you will regret it. So I would say don't uh, don't fall into that trap.
2: I I definitely agree with you there, mate. Me and Tom were talking uh, pre-pod about how when I was, uh, I I hit, 10k and then I dropped down all the way to 120k and that did change my thinking of oh maybe I should try different things maybe I should you know try captioning the non-so-obvious person or really go for a differential each week and then I just stuck to the same routine which I was doing I'm now back up to 25k so it's just keeping to what you're doing with what you know is good um, yeah. whereas you would change your mind if you just start to dip a bit just sometimes just keeping to the same pattern is the right way
1: Exactly, and your overall rank matters after the thirty-eighth week. Until then, it's just sort of background noise. You know, that's you need to give yourself the best chance of having that that best overall rank at the end of the season. And it just makes makes good sense to use the a triple captainship when you're the player that you're going to put that armband on has the most minutes on the pitch, yes. and that's going to be a double game week.
2: Yeah, definitely. That. Yeah. Yeah. We also had another question from Alex Ball, who at Alex Waterbaby. He is asking, I've just moved to 353. Three. Was it a good move, or should I make a swift move back to 343 three with uh, Kane, Lukaku, and Iba? Well, I do have mm-hmm. Ibrahimovic, Kane, and Aguero, and I I am going to stick with it for now, but it is stopping me from doing other stuff in my midfield. I think if I did go down to Lukaku and have kind of the same front three as as you're wanting to have, I think the team which I could get could be pretty good in midfield. The only thing is uh, that 3-5-2, you do have a lot of better options to use that money in your midfield for the likes of Hazard and Sanchez he's shown us his team as well I will reply to him uh, directly as well but um, what are you guys rec- reckoning of the 3-5-2 and the 3-4-3 with what we know at the moment and with the likes of uh, the options up top there were quite a few big hitters uh, options up top now what are you thinking uh, Billy
0: yeah, the, the the combination that he's talked about there, if you can afford that, then I would say that, that is absolutely the way to go because they're all scoring as well. That's the key. I mean, in, in, earlier in the season, we'd have like one show up one week, one the next, but at the moment, they're just all so consistent. I think if you can afford that decent front three, then 3-4-3 three, three is viable. It's always the option I prefer in FPL anyway. Um, seldom do I ever have five midfielders who are potentially going to give me big returns. I always prefer to have a striker. Yeah. But that's always just the way I've played the game.
2: Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tom, what, what are you saying for this?
1: Yeah, I think I I think I still agree. I've played FBL for years and I've always been a 3-4-3 um, manager. But to be fair, my rank hasn't been great this year at any point, And I do wonder whether or not I've missed a trick and just sort of foregone that potential big return from a striker that Pete rightly alludes to. And just sort of sort of said, actually... Let's take the kind of drip feed of points from like a, an Antonio or Snodgrass or someone like that. Where instead I've went with Kapo as my fifth choice mid and just never played him, which has been the tactic that I've always done. I think both are, are viable and I'd say this year it's it's more viable to have three five two 5 2 than I think there's ever been in, in FPL is, is probably the way I'd answer that.
2: Yeah, no, I, it's uh, all all good points, raised There, uh, I hope I will I will reply to reply to you directly, Alex. But to be honest, I listened to you on the uh, Fan View you podcast. You sounded great, so I don't think you actually need any of our help. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, We've got uh, Paul Jonathan Gavin saying, is there an essential midfielder other than Sanchez? And he wants us to take a look at his team. I'll have a look after the pod. But do you reckon there's anyone else in midfield who's probably essential at the moment? I do have Sanchez. And then I've got a few dribs and jabs around the six mil mark because I've got such a big front three. But I can't, I can't see any essential. I know people are saying like a, a Spurs midfielder like Ali or Ericsson, which, yeah, I think they might be, and I may start to worm them in. But I do have Kane as cover for that. But I can't see any essentials. Can you guys
0: really? I, I would only say, and I, I've got Ali, so I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here, but I, I put him in on the basis that he was price boosting and scoring regularly. But to me, every week now, it's looking more and more like Ericsson. He assists. He scores. He's involved. He's you know you, you went through his stats last week, and he's just he is one of the standout players in the league. If you, if you gave me four midfielders to put in the in a Premiership dream team this season, I'd probably have him in it. So for me, he's becoming the only other player I would say is becoming essential, yeah. and with Spurs' run of games as well. Yeah.
2: And Tom? Not for me.
1: I, I think the term essential in FPL is thrown around probably too much. I think yeah. I would agree that uh, Sanchez is, is an essential player. Historically, Aguero has been an essential player. But uh, no, I think you can you can absolutely get by and do really well with, with a whole bunch of players. I think uh, it's a compelling case that's just been made for Ericsson. But I wouldn't have him in the essential bracket because I think you can offset those points by Kane and or Ali, for example. And yeah, I, I think there's... It's a really fun season this season. There's loads of different choices, totally different from last season. So, And, and the, one of the good things that, that comes with that is a lack of essential players because it, it means the template team is less likely to, to form. So for me, no, I don't think there is.
2: I fully agree with that Tom Um, I don't think there is either Closing up on the social media I'm afraid, sorry again if you have asked a question we haven't had time to get through it but we've got Roger Cabral is asking who to start, Gibson or Funes Mori? Quick fire answer from both of you Tom, you go first I
1: brought brought Funes Mori in this week so um, I'll go with him Yeah you go with him,
2: Billy?
0: Desso brought Funes Mori in Funes Mori's my man (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, I see. It. I did want to bring him in, but now I need to bring in the two midfielders I just shouted. So uh, I would go Funes Mario as well. Yeah, that's the end three of uh, three. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the um, social media for this week, buddy.
0: Well a nice man. Okay, uh, another quick fire one just for the two of you. We didn't shout a captain, so uh, Tom, captain's pick for the week.
1: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to flake on that one. I haven't decided yet. I've got. <laughs> I've got Ibrahimovic. I've got Sanchez, and I've got Kane in my team. So it'll be one yeah, of those three. I
2: have the same. And
1: yeah. I, I. I think it's going to be one of those eleven. Oh no! Not, not whatever so, In, where, in where, true where, where,
0: podcast fashion, we we always uh, nail the guest <laughs> and the uh, the surgeons to one pick. So I'm going to have one, to one one pick. You I'll, two, say, uh, I'll
1: say Sanchez. I've, I've described him as essential and said there's no one else. So. I'll, yeah. I'll, stick, I'll stick with the gun and, and say Sanchez.
0: Excellent. You've given plenty of evidence for that. Iceman?
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with Kane, penalty taker, playing against uh, a weak Sunderland side who don't seem to have a defence. Um, yeah, I'll go with Kane this week.
0: I'll tell you what, when the Iceman shouts a Tottenham player when his <laughs> club are at home against a poor Watford <laughs> side, that that says a lot. I would be uh, paying a lot of attention to that. I'm actually with uh, with Tom on this one. I think Sanchez at home against Watford uh, the one of the stand-up players in the league. My armband is staying on Alexis. Which brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. So I'm going to thank uh, Tom for joining us once again. Some great insights there.
1: Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me on and good luck in your game weeks, guys. Yeah, cheers, Tom.
2: Thank you. And uh, the Iceman. Yeah, thanks, Billy. Thanks, guys. Good luck in your game weeks, listeners, and thanks for
0: listening. And uh, just in terms of how you can get in contact with us, so follow us on the website www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can send us your questions on Facebook.com. So forward slash Fancy Football Surgery. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Please uh, give us a review, rate us, tell us what you think, give us feedback. You can also feedback to us. As you can see, a lot of our activity goes on on Twitter. We've got around is it, is it two or three thousand uh, followers. We've got now. Iceman? I think
2: we're almost two thousand now. Yeah, one thousand nine hundred odd. Uh, so yeah, please follow us so we can hit that two thousand mark. Yeah, well, thank you for uh,
0: taking time to follow us on there. Much appreciated. Helps us to get our message out to you as well. You can also join our mini league. Before I tell you that, I know the Ice Man will um, tell me off if I don't mention our email <laughs> account. So if you want to email us anything, um, FF Surgery Podcast at Yahoo. Dot com. You can email us there. And finally, join in with the mini league for your chance to win the coveted Fancy Football Surgery t shirt won by Mohammed Al Qayasi last year. And like I said, we do ship worldwide. The code is 1703 6718. If you didn't have a pen for that, it's 17603 6718. And I'm going to say goodbye in respect to the great man that passed away in recent weeks from all of us here at the, at the surgery podcast we send our condolences to the family and the thoughts to the wonderful graham taylor do i not like that
2: I'm done. All right. Better give it a quick test. Um Pete if you could um tell me you love me. I love you. And Tom if you could do the same.
1: I love you just as much. Oh brilliant. Well right. wow. <laughs>